0: Dá bola para a área, para que ele vire o Stereo Ronaldo, stay with us, Cristiano Ronaldo. Stay with de Cristiano Ronaldo. Met, 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 met. Welcome to another episode of the Portuguese Football Podcast. My name is Brian Fonseca, and I'll be your host as always. For those looking at the dates of release of the episodes of the Portuguese Football Podcast, you'll notice that this is the first episode I dropped since midway through July, midway through the transfer market, uh, and that is for a number of factors. I've been increasingly busy with a summer class I've been taking and an internship I began at the start of August covering Rutgers football, So my ability and my free time to do this podcast, as much as I love it, has slowly but surely been decreasing. As for when the season gets in full swing, which we are in the process of right now, we're uh, entering right now as I record this, the third jornada of the Portuguese League season, I will likely not be able to do this every week and on a consistent basis. So for whoever listens to this, hoping for my insight every week, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I rarely, if ever, will have the opportunity to fully comment on an entire week of play uh, simply because I won't have the time to invest in watching all the matches, and I don't think it's fair for my listeners or for myself to talk on the mic about things I haven't fully watched or analyzed or given good, thought-out responses to. Thankfully, this week I have a bit of a weekend off, um, some... Some time off, I don't have any other obligations So I spent the entire morning of my Saturday watching football Watching some Bundesliga uh, The start of Serie A Some English Premier League And now, right now as I record Sporting is finishing their third win of the season in three matches uh, The final whistle just blew in Guimarães Sporting emphatically defeated uh, Vitória de Guimarães 5-0 at the Don Alfonso Henriques um, a big turnaround for those who have been watching Sporting through the first couple of weeks of the season. Uh, because I haven't recorded a podcast since then, we'll kind of give a recap of that and show why this 5-0 win is so important, first of all, and unexpected, second of all. Sporting has been struggling mightily in creating goals. Um, they won their first match 1-0, or 2-0 rather, against the Sporting the Joves. They won their second Jornada match in the league, 1-0 against Victoria de Stubal, and they drew their one match in the Champions League playoffs against Stoi uh 0-0 at home. Uh, Notice Sporting did not suffer any goals in those three matches. That is because uh, this season, the inverse of what has been usual at Sporting is happening. Um, usually with the defense being the weakness of this team, it is the strength. This is the best back line I have ever seen when I've watched Sporting. Uh, Jeremy Mateo is without a doubt in my mind the best center back I have ever seen play at Sporting since I started watching in 2006 just pure class faster than people think he is great at positioning himself and inviting uh, players to take him on before sticking in a leg or making a challenge just perfectly timed uh, he's made very few mistakes from what I've been watching next to Guates who was Sporting's best center back now their second best center back uh, positive for Sporting there Fabio Gondrano is as good as one could have expected him to come. A lot of people didn't think he would be, think he was washed up. And while injuries remain a concern, watching him, he was down on the pitch, I think, three to four times against Leibniz in ways that you think he's, he's injured. Given his history, it's fair to assume that when seeing him go down. And it's always a worry when you watch Sporting play. But from what he's done so far, he's been great. Very much so going forward as we've been accustomed to seeing him, but defensively as well, good in his positioning just as I said with Matteo. Always knows when to put a leg in and strong and confident on the ball. And on the other side, Puccini may very well be the worst attacking fullback I have ever seen in my entire life. He may have created a chance today, but I am convinced it was pure luck. He is god-awful in attack, but he's not that bad in defense. In his defense, I don't think he is as bad in the back as people think he is. So, as I said, best back line I remember seeing at Sporting. But on the inverse side of the pitch, Sporting has struggled a lot to create goals, but more importantly, to finish the chances they do create. Against Stubal, there were maybe three, four quality, quality chances that should have been put in the back of the net, but weren't. And they were bailed out by uh, an arguable penalty call. In my opinion, it was a foul. Um, but oftentimes you see referees not call those so I do see why Others felt it was not a penalty That being said Sporting deserved to win its first three matches But you could see the issues culminating in their inability to create chances Coming to Gimenez, uh It's the Victoria side that traditionally gave Sporting trouble a team that Went 3-0 down at the half last season just as they did today and were able to reverse it to a 3-3 draw uh, really struggled against Sporting. Um, Vitoria has the worst defense in the league. This is their 10th goal suffered. They suffered five goals today, obviously, but they suffered 10 goals in the first three matches of the season. No creativity in the midfield. No one to receive the ball and push it up. No one to spray passes. Uninspired going forward. A bunch of long balls to the attackers. And then in defense, it was apathetic at best. Uh, once they were 3-0 down, they just really seemed like they wanted the clock to run out and they just didn't even really try aside from the first 5-10 minutes of the second half but that being said Sporting just came out blazing as they always do that's an issue of Jorge Jesus' teams that they come out so strong in the first 15 minutes of either half but eventually they burn out and once they burn out starting at the 15-20 to minute mark that's when they struggle to create to pressure teams today they were able to take advantage of that strong start Bruno Fernandes scored an absolute screamer three minutes in, um, and then Sporting doubled and tripled that lead into the 24th minute. Uh, I think they had three shots and three goals on those three shots in the first half hour. And Bruno Fernandes got a brace in the second half with another brilliant goal, and Adrien finished out with his uh, first goal of the season for the fifth one. Uh, That second goal again was Bajdost, and the third one I can't recall right now but the big point I want to take away from this match is that Bruno Fernandes should start every single match for Sporting whenever he's healthy he is the best signing without question of this past transfer market coming from Sampdoria an absolute steal because people in Portugal knew of this kid for a long time they've known that excuse me he's been tearing it up and said yeah Maybe tearing it up is a bit generous, but he's had quite a good run in Serie A, um, first with Udinese and now with Sampdoria, He was having good results in Serie A in Italy, a top 5 league despite being so young. Uh, Sparthing for some reason was the first team to pounce on him this year and he's looked great, even playing a bit out of position. Jesus has been experimenting with him at the 10 second striker role behind Bajdorst whereas he's more of a number 8 midfielder box to box. But he's thrived, he's done well, he's created, he's scored, he has a great leg to shoot, he has great vision in his passing, um, and I think he fits the, this attack, what he wants, what George wants out of his second striker, more than Daniel Pudens, who don't get me wrong, is a great player, and I think he has loads of potential, but oftentimes when he's on the ball, whenever he is in these matches, he started against Stoy and he started against Vitoria, He'll get the ball, he'll run, he'll run, he'll run some more, he'll keep running. Occasionally, he'll he'll throw in a nice pass or, or pull it back, but he'll usually run until he has to either cross it or have a crack at goal, and neither has resulted thus far. He has no assists, no goals, and I don't think he's created many quality chances at that. I think Runu fits that attack far better, and especially so if Jesus is going to continually be stubborn in the way he runs his midfield Georges Zouge is always trying to turn players Who are not from a certain position into that position It works sometimes in the in the case of Fabio Cuentrón When he was at Benfica Converting him from a winger to one of the best left backs in the world In his prime And he's trying to do it again with Rodrigo Bataglia A player who came in from Braga, from Schalke, Who is a number 8 Who's great at bringing the ball forward from midfield a box-to-box guy whose strength is more going forward than in defending he's trying to turn him into the deep-lying playmaker slash recoverer that William Carvalho is William, for those who don't know as of this recording this podcast is still a Sporting player but is heavily rumored to be going to West Ham in England and that leaves a massive void in Sporting's midfield because they don't have a player like William who is able to recover the ball as well as he does while also being able to spray passes from midfield to the wings, to the center of the pitch, and be, as I've often called him, the metronome of the team, the heartbeat, the pace of the team to kind of control the match from midfield. Um, very underappreciated player, and I think that if he does go to England, people will finally open their eyes to see how great he really is. A real Xabi Alonso, uh, Busquets-type player that is often underrated. Moving to ba- back to Bactalia, he's not that recoverer of the ball. He gives a, a strong effort every game. He does well with the ball in, in passing and moving forward, but he can't go too far forward because he is the one that's supposed to be sweeping. And wh- he he doesn't have that, that knack to recover the ball that William does. Um, A man that I respect a lot, and I've mentioned numerous times on this podcast, Diego Stavong mentioned on his podcast, at Lateral which debuted last weekend, and I highly recommend those my listeners to go listen to that podcast with him and Luis Cristóvão. But Diego Cristóvão said, or suggested rather, that Adrien should be playing the 6, and Bataglia should be playing the 8. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think Adrien is far better at recovering the ball than Bataglia is. Uh, he's better at passing the ball, spraying the ball. And while I do appreciate his skill in bringing up the ball and connecting the attack um, as a number 8, I do think Bataglia's strengths would be better used as an 8 whereas Adrian's strengths don't diminish as much when he's playing at the 6 um, of course Sporting isn't exactly in a crisis they've won their first 3 matches in the league they're in decent position to advance to the group stages of the Champions League but if you look beyond the results and see the play on the pitch there are some concerns to how well and how long these ideas of George Jesus could last um, I am by no means on the train of, of sacking George Zouche. I think he's done decently. But it's frustrating to watch a man be so stubborn in his ways. Uh, that In ways that have cost him in the past. I think he should be more open to um, to, to changing his tactics and, and fitting his system to his players rather than trying to fit his players into square holes while they are round pegs. What I'm saying is he should... Make the system around the players and not make the players try to fit into his system. Using Bruno Fernandes from the jump against the Imanage was a good step, and I th- hope he he carries that forward for the sake of Sporting. I'm gonna take a short break here. When we come back, we'll talk about Benfica taking on Bolonas at home. That is the next match, and we'll kind of discuss where Benfica is at so far uh, after a Last gasp win against Shavsh last weekend. Uh, So we'll be right back and I'll see you guys soon. Alright guys, and we're back. Um, I'm recording this. We're about 40 minutes into Benfica's match against Vlodnice and I am going to call it right now. is going to run away with this match. They're currently up 3-0. They've been winning since the second minute of the match. Uh, So unless bonus manages a miracle comeback at the side of the Luz. Looks like Benfica is going to remain undefeated and perfect in the Liga Portuguesa. Uh, it's been what we've come to expect this season from Benfica. Seferovic scored the third goal, and I believe that's his third goal in as many games for Benfica. Just on an absolute tear, scored the match winner against Chaves, a match I mentioned earlier. Benfica really struggled against Shaves last week to create goal-scoring opportunities to get in goal and to score um Shavs gave them a run for their money and that match they played very very tight defense and that's what Befica struggled to break apart Uh, Boulonis didn't have a chance to create that challenge for Befica because they suffered so early in the second minute uh got out to the end of a perfect cross from BZ who continues to be Befica's best player um threw in some unbelievable long balls during that Shavs match which should have been finished but he continues to be their best player, and I still am not sure why he's not getting more attention in the transfer market. Uh, I'd like for him to just because he can get out of the Portuguese league or at least leave mayfica but he's been fantastic. Great leader for that team in the midfield. Um, and Jonas, you know, the older he gets, he's still doing what he does best, you know, finishing. Uh, I think that's his first goal of the season, but I think it's going to lead to an avalanche of goals. That guy, once he gets on a roll, just... Uh, just keeps going um, the race between him and Bajdost is back on Bajdost as I mentioned earlier scored 2 goals today for Sporting so going to be an interesting battle for the lead leader in scoring this season Sverovic, I'm not a big believer in in that race only because he's done this before in terms of having a hot start at Frankfurt he scored 7 goals in his first 7 matches and he finished his career scoring something like 9 goals in his last 79 matches so I believe his consistency when I see it Bayfica took that 1-0 lead in the second minute as I said But Boldenic from there had to take charge and try to come back and equalize uh, They did decently well on the ball Exchanging passes in midfield Keeping it well Not really allowing Bayfica to get on a counter attack uh, Which is something that Benfica is really, really strong at So they did well on that But once they got to the final third They really didn't have much creativity to have any chances to score I think Varela maybe made one save, and it wasn't that tight. Uh, Boulinets didn't really threaten to tie. Uh, they just did really pretty much control the ball. he got doubled up uh, in a bit of an unfortunate situation for Bluenitz, uh It was on a corner, and Muriel made an unbelievable save off a header from that corner, and it seemed like the danger was gone. Uh, Bonus blocked three to four shots, and the ball still wasn't cleared. It fell to Salvio at the end of the area, and he curled in a nice shot from the top of the 18, 2-0. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, Silveirovic scored on a, on a breakaway. Uh, it was 1v1 with, against the goalkeeper, and he just slid it right under his hands. So, uh, if think I took the lead that way. Uh, Bonus at the moment is still attacking, still trying, but as I said, it's likely not going to happen. Um, Mingus Placis' team surprised me a bit, to be quite frank. I didn't think Bonus would be able to do anything similar to what they did at the Luz, uh which shows how low of an expectations I have for Dominguez. Uh, what a goal! Wow! Wow! Sofetovic almost scored a screamer uh, excuse me, Jonas almost scored a screamer from midfield, recovered the ball bombed it from midfield, uh, seeing that Muriel was off his line, and it bounced and hit off the right post would have been the goal of the season, overshadowing Bruno Fernandes' two bangers from earlier today. Um, but it wouldn't be so. Uh, the crowd is loving it. But as of right now, Bifi goes go up 3 nil, And uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with Porto. And welcome back. We are here a few hours after Porto finished defeating it 3 0 at the Stadio de Dragão. Uh, Porto got off to a good start with two goals and two minutes from Abu in the 20th in the 19th and in the 21st minute and uh they pretty much controlled the entire first half didn't really have much to worry about from what uh second half was a bit different what came out strong and uh held the bulk of the possession um created some chances wasn't able to capitalize and uh Boubacar finished his hat trick in the 70th minute uh got a breakaway with, with the goalkeeper goalkeeper was off his line hit it right past them, and uh Made a 3 0, and from that point, that was pretty much Porto's game. Um, great weekend for the 3 Grands, each uh, winning by Guliada, as they say in Portugal. Uh, both 5 0 wins for Sporting and Befica, and a 3 0 1 for Porto. I um, was to report in that sense. Uh, each team played a team I feel is going to fit into the bottom half of the league that's something that I don't think is a hot take in terms of Mouradens or Boulinets um playing under Manon Machado who somehow managed to relegate both teams uh that were relegated last season in Nacional and then Aroca and uh I am not a believer in Domingos Paciencia he had some short success with Braga and some uh, some really really good success with Braga frankly their greatest season of all time but uh Then he went to Sporting and had some mild success. But from there, uh, hasn't really been able to to replicate that magic. And um, while his team didn't look awful in play against Befica, just didn't have that that bite in the final third. Um, And uh, the third, I think, is the most hot take-ish take that Vitoria de Jimenaes, a team that's a perennial fighter for the Europa League spots with a manager like Peter Martinez, who has had success everywhere he's went and had a great season last year uh this team just has no solutions in attack um probably the weakest Vitória team we've had in this league since uh, in a decade probably um aside from Hurtado not much to offer going forward um at least based on the sporting match, just zero idea in terms of offensive identity. Um, The team looked lost, looked uh, without desire. Now, that could be a result of falling 3-0 down 25 minutes in and just throwing in the towel on that game, but I I just did not see anything um, inspiring from that squad, Um, as well as I didn't see that when they lost 3-0 to Studio Granted, again, that match, they were down two men at one point. So maybe they'll have a turnaround. Um, William Martinez did say that this is just a phase. He was sure of it, that this is just a phase, and the team will push past it. But we'll have to see that before we can believe it. Uh, as of right now, I still have them finishing in the bottom half of the table. I don't think they'll be fighting against relegation. I think they'll comfortably stay in the league. But if I had to pin a spot, I'd probably say... Imanage finishes 11th. Um, hopefully this hopefully this does come back to bite me and they finish up in 5th or 4th as they have accustomed us to in the past decade or so. Um, when Imanage is good, that's good for the league. But from what I've seen, I, I don't see them finishing in single digits in terms of their place on the table. As for this week in football... Braga is still playing right now, as is Marítimo against Boa Vista. But we'll wrap up this Portuguese football podcast episode right now. Um, as far as teams that people are interested in, we're kind of wrapped up in... Um, Fede, bus Fede to play tomorrow. But I will not have time to watch nor analyze that, so we can cut that short here. Um, goal of the week, I will... Be doing that as part of a segment whenever I can, whenever I do these episodes. Easily the goal of the week, in my opinion, was Ruben Fernandez opener against Gimenez. Absolute rocket from 30 yards out. Team of the week, I'd probably give it to Sporting only because they played away at a difficult field against a strong team historically with a passionate fan base in Gimenez and, Aish and just absolutely rocked it. A uh, place where they went last year winning 3-0 at halftime and drew a 3-3 to be able to pull out a, a, an impressive 5-0 win that could have frankly been 8-9-10-0. I think that's uh, worthy of a goal of the week, I, uh, rather a team of the week. Nod. So, I don't know when I'll be able to record another episode of the Portuguese Football Podcast, but this was fun, as it always is. Uh, I enjoy talking to you. Thank you to anyone who listens. Thank you to anyone who subscribes. Thank you to anyone who tweets at me at Portuguese FB Podcast on Twitter. My personal Twitter is at Brian F with four N's. B R I A N N N N F. You'll find mostly tweets on Rutgers football there for my internship. But those interested in following me, please feel free to do so. And I'll speak to you guys soon. Uh, enjoy the rest. of of the season until the next time we speak and until then Juiz. Gabriel Silva qual para para Piccini vai que <inaudible> vamos jogar a bola para Acuña. Elias para o Bruno Fernandes recebe a bola com o pé direito vai rematar de longe gol gol a sulu gol a Fulminante Bruno Fernandes, caído para o lado direito. Ainda algo distante da baliza de Miguel Silva. Armou o pontapé, bola na gaveta, indefensável. Ficou pregado Miguel Silva, golaço. Três minutos, está aberto, ativo no estádio, Dom Afonso Henriquez, Bruno Fernandes a fazer um gol do... De... ...reduzido a 10. É, mas parece recuperado o Fábio Coentrão, pelo simples não. Jonathan Silva já está a fazer exercícios de aquecimento. Olha, o libre...